You are listening to the Power and Pros Podcast, a platform that serves as an active advocate for Black women to embody their authentic voice. Power and Pros is a space of healing and an invitation to profess the power you possess. Come along on the journey and let's get into the show. What's up, cool kids? You're tuned in to another episode of the Power and Pros podcast. Now, if you've been listening in 2022, then you know we have not had a guest all year. I've been coming at y'all down and dirty by myself, and I've learned a lot so far already in this year, so I'm very, very, very thankful, of course, as always, when I get to share with y'all, but this episode is special because I have been waiting. Oh my gosh, I have been waiting to have this guest that's going to be with us today, and I just I just am excited for you guys to hear about her journey, where she's been, and um, I hope that it inspires you. As always, I want to share different perspectives that might be different from my own, right? And so you guys are always learning, growing, being inspired by various things because it is power and pros after all. So I'll get into her bio and then we will get started. Kimberly Aaron is a spoken word poet, novelist, screenwriter, speaker, producer, and visual artist from Connecticut. Kimberly finds creative inspiration in everyday life and aims to pair each new idea with the medium she believes is best suited to deliver the message whether she's familiar with the discipline or not. The vision is clear. Leave nothing undone. Kimberly's mission is to live creatively and to inspire others to do the same. And she's going to do that with the cool kids today. Welcome to the show. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, thank you for having me. So happy to have you on Power and Pros. Now, if you have been listening for a while, then y'all already know when we launched the website in September of 2021, Kimberly was one of my featured poets and I had to grab her. It's so crazy because I don't know her in real life. Y'all know I live in Brooklyn (laughs) and she lives in Connecticut. So our worlds don't kind of, they don't really collide, but shout out to Twitter because that is where we first got introduced. Um, And I I follow somebody that's a mutual between both of us. And then I ended up following you and I just love, I don't know. There was like a transparency, right? There are some people I feel like are on social and they just some trolls. Like that's all they doing. Or you provide a laugh and that's it. But there was like a specific thing that I got from your Twitter, which I don't think I'll look for people to bring me stuff on Twitter, but when I find it, it sticks out. And so whenever you used to tweet, um, I just, I don't know. I was like tuned in. I'm like, what's this girl talking about? What is she reposting? Like I just started to get wrapped into your world. And then I followed you on Instagram and it just kind of spawned from there. So I love that we met each other via Twitter. Um, and we've been able to be connected. Y'all, we got each other's number. Yeah. And so we'll <laughs> chat every now and then, um, shout out to you actually. Y'all it was so sweet. Um, there was a shooting here in the city and can we reached out to me, made sure I was safe and sound. So I just, no, I'm thankful. Listen, I'm, I'm very thankful. I did not know what happened at first. I had like three texts that morning before I even figured out what was going on. I was like, why is everybody wondering if I'm okay? Oh God, that's not <laughs> um, to be so oblivious to what's going on because you are safe, you are covered. So that's, that's a blessing. Look, um, yeah, I've been trying to also have my time in the morning before I hop on social. And so since that's where I get my news and I wasn't on it yet, then that helped me. So I was able to like go through my morning routine calm um, before I got inundated with that. So I am very, very thankful. But yeah, I think it's just it's just beautiful how we started to connect. Um, And so when I launched the website powerpros.com, I featured two of her poems. They are audio and they're live on the site right now. So if you haven't checked them out, be sure to do so. You can click on the featured poets section and get your fix. Okay. And I just love how you deliver. And so um, I'm excited to have you on the show to get down into it a little bit and really just give us a little bit about all the things that you have going on. So I think I want to start off with one of my favorites of your work (laughs) thus far, because you recently published a book, Single Ladies Bucket List, period. And with me being a single lady, (laughs) 
<laughs> very, very relevant um, to my life and where I'm at right now. And so I got the influencer package, y'all. I did not have to pay for my copy of the book. I got a personal note. Okay, there was some beautiful like gold wrapping and everything. I did like a little unboxing on a TikTok. So I just. I'm very, very, very thankful that I got to be a part of your Cool Kids Club and get an exclusive. And I love the book. I love, 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 Thank love the you. book. And I text you my thoughts after. Yeah. We were texting for like three days straight. <laughs> what I thought about the book. So thank you for sharing. Like, I wanted to know, what did this project mean to you? Like, how did you get the idea to come up with this world, these characters, this narrative, and then to actually publish it and then start to share with other people. What did that mean for you in this process? It was, it was, it was such an intense process um, because with anything you do, um, I think the most important thing to, to like disclose is that with all the feedback, with all the, you know, the engagement around something, it's there's never a part of the process where there is absolutely no doubt um and i think it's important for me to say that because people see the outside they see you know they they see the resume they see the different mediums they see all that's been accomplished and what they don't see is the battles they don't see you know mm-hmm. the hard moments where it's just like one day this is the best idea in the world and the next day it's it's nothing. It's stupid. You're yeah. stupid. You, this is like nobody cares. Nobody's gonna. You don't even care. So it's. I, I think it's important to talk about the push through that is absolutely necessary to get to the other side of inspiration. And so that's what that was for me. Um, the feedback was like it. It was affirming. Because, you know, and we, we, we all were taught, like, you know, in modern times to not care about validation. Like, you shouldn't need validation. Mm-hmm. We all need validation to some, to some capacity. We, we are raised in, in elementary, since elementary school, like, we, we're working for the gold star, right? Yep. So yep. To, to that, you know, to then, you know, get us to, like, 20, 30 years old and say, oh, nope, we lied. Like, you shouldn't need that validation. It's, it's rubbish. Um we have to get to a place where we work from validation, the validation of purpose of God given Mm -hmm. purpose, but Mm -hmm. there's absolutely nothing wrong with needing someone to say, I see what you're doing and this is good. So I, I got that after it was finished, after the book was finished, after it was signed, sealed, delivered, packaged, all of that. Um, so I had to find the push through. I had to pray for the push through, you know, Mm -hmm. in, in, in the privacy of my writing time. Because there was a lot, there was you know, especially the conver- the conversation that it starts, the singleness, the thirty plus singleness, and it's just like, you know, you're you're trying to write this story, but you're feeling like there's something wrong with you because you're thirty and you're single. So it's it's pushing past all of that, and so it was it was special for me to get to the 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 stage of completion, to the stage of sharing it and having conversations about it. Um, but the inspiration for it, it came back in, I think, 20, either 2017 or 2018. I don't fully remember, but I remember walking through my apartment. Something happened. I, I, I was walking from the kitchen to my bedroom to grab a notebook because I needed to write it down. The title came first. Mm. I had no idea what it was going to be. And at the time that it came to me, the only book that I had written was nonfiction. Um, I, I didn't, I don't think my, yeah, I don't think my, my book of poetry was put together. I don't even know if I thought to put together a book of poetry at the point that this title came to me. So I was thinking about the title based on what I've done before. I've written poems before I did a nonfiction book. So all of that was forming my, my, the way that I was going to deliver this concept. And I just, I wasn't sure because I'm just like, what do I know? to write about this concept in a, like in a nonfiction way where I'm, I'm giving help. I need help. So how am I going to write about this in the way that I know how? Right. Mm-hmm. So I put it down. I, I wrote it down and I put it down. And um, as time went, like, you know, it would pop back up and I'd have conversations about it and people would like, you know, say things like, Oh, that's a cool title. I can't wait to see what you do with it. And I'm just like, yeah, me either, but I got to actually do the process of it. Um, so then it came down to, 
2019. I remember at the end of 2019, I was at my sister's house in New York and I was just kind of kicking it on her couch trying to do character development because this was something new for me. Like I've, I've written short stories in middle school and things like that, but I've never... I, before this moment, I never did a deep dive into actually building real characters. Um, so I sat down and I tried to do it and I struggled. Then 2020 hits and the pandemic hits and I'm like, okay, maybe I can you know, revisit it now that like the world's on pause. Yeah. So I did and I sat there and I was just, you know, doing character development. It felt a little bit easier because I felt a little bit more sure of what I wanted to feel like. And so I, I find I felt prompted, like I got to I got through one and a half characters, like as far as development goes, like, you know, what does she look like? What does she like? Who, you know, who who's her family? Things like that. I'm um, just writing everything down. I did the main character and then half of the supporting character. And I felt like I, I felt prompted to just start writing. And I was just like, <laughs> I ain't finished developing yet. So how am I going to start writing? So, you know, there was that pushback. And then I, I I found myself jumping in anyway. I'm just like, okay, worst come to worst, I stop and go back to character development. I wrote half of the book and the book is about 40 chapters. I wrote half of the book in two weeks after I started. Mm. So going from that December, that like November, December, where I was trying to develop the characters and nothing was coming to me to this April now where I'm just like, okay, character development and then jump into writing and literally half the book was done in two weeks. And then I started feeling that, that self-sabotage where I'm just like, no, I don't want it to finish. Like I want to finish, but at the same time, like how to finish. And so the next half of the book took me maybe a couple months um, because it was like, you know, that, that internal resistance, like this can't possibly be this easy. This shouldn't have taken me this little time. Yeah. So let me, let me just drag it out a little bit. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it was, it was done. And then a few rounds of revision somehow even in all the revisions that I did there was still some typos but I decided I'm just going to give out red pens with the book so they can fix the few typos <laughs> I forgot in there but um it was it's knowing that the overall message it was so worth telling that I had to push past all that I had to push past internally and mentally to get it done and knowing that you know people have begun reading it and receiving it exactly in exact in the exact way that I intended in the exact way that I desired it to be received mm -hmm. it's it was it, there was a couple times where I sat down with the revisions or with the writing process and I'm just like what is the purpose of telling the story because the purpose it would define the the direction for me and a couple times when I was trying to figure out where I wanted to take it I had to ask myself what is the goal and I was watching certain kind of movies at the time that I was writing it because I, I wanted to fuel that that conviction. Um, and something someone that read it said to me, she said, I like that there was no vulgarity and there was no um, cursing. And that was something that I needed to do because a lot of the things that I see about single women, especially single women of a certain age, it's the promiscuity. It's, it's, it's pushing that narrative. Mm -hmm. And it's the the goal wasn't to shame anybody for that it was from a perspective where i i've exp i've experienced what i've experienced and it didn't work for me so i had to be honest about it and say there was there's a lot of damage that comes from pushing this narrative of you know getting over someone by getting under someone new and rushing into relationships to not feel the 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 you know the strain of loneliness and all of that mm -hmm. and it was I needed to basically allow my mind to be renewed to approach dating and relationships in a new way, in a way that, you know, there's a little bit of sacrifice here. There's a little bit of discipline here, but there's yeah, a lot less depression. Yeah. You feel that in the work, um, that, that renewing of your mind. Yeah. My mind was renewed. <laughs> right. Like, okay, how would I approach this? Or why do I like this approach that this character took? Do I not like it? And why? Yeah. I think when you get to start, when you get a reader, a listener to really go beyond the writing style that you took months crafting or a typo or two here, like all these things, and they're asking these internal questions, that's how you know yeah. that you're like, you're accomplishing what you set out to accomplish and you're starting to get them to think about themselves in a different way. So you definitely have accomplished more than I think you even know 
with this body of work. I appreciate that. And it's, it's, it's encouraging to know because I, and I, I strongly believe that the reason why I couldn't write the book when I tried to was because I wasn't fully practicing it in the way that I needed to write it. Mm-hmm. And so when, when it started to flow, like it was after I locked in and I'm just like, no, no more trial and error, no more getting under somebody, no more of any of that. I need to, I like, I need to do something different. And the thing that I didn't do in full that, that I knew the the thing that I didn't try and see through was discipline, was focusing on me, focusing on my relationship with God. That was the thing that I didn't try. And I knew that was what I needed to. And the last, after the last relationship that I had, I said to God, I said, I need a unicorn because who you, who I feel you designing me and molding me to be, there is nothing that I've experienced that accommodates that. Nothing mm-hmm. accommodates me as I am, let alone who I'm becoming. And I can't do this. Like I can't keep sacrificing the most important parts of me for temporary connections. And so when I locked into that journey in and of itself, that's when it flowed. That's when the ideas flowed. That's when it became easier defining the characters. Like, okay, this is who I want her to be. I want her to be, I want her to exhibit be an exhibit of this portion of my journey of the doubts of the of the part where I'm I'm tired of what is but I'm not fully in the mind state to accept what needs to be and then this character I want her to represent the, the place where you're less you're a little bit resistant of doing things in the way that you know you've done it before or the way you see everybody doing things because you know it doesn't work for you and you don't know what else there is but you're a little bit you're you're hesitant because of fear and there's something good about the hesitation, but we need to get you in a direction where you're approaching it from a place that is not fear-based. And so it, it was keeping my eyes open in my own journey that allowed me to say, okay, I want this character to represent this and this character to represent this, and I want them to come together. And so it was, it was a massive process, but it was, it was a small steps. And it was the steps that I took in my own life that allowed me to break down those steps for the story. So hearing that it translated, even even in, in ways that I couldn't even imagine, it it really does something. Listen, you said a lot of things within that. And I think as creatives, as women who are using our voices in various capacities, I think it, there is a lot of pushback when you're doing something. I have one of my faves, hey, Sierra, one of my favorite listeners is a real estate agent, right? And so she has to use her voice with her clients each and every day. And I think that's a pivot that she took. She hasn't always been a real estate agent. And so as you do that, um, those outs are going to come in no matter what you're doing, from doing character arcs to going for a promotion at work to talking to your friends and having to have a difficult conversation with them, right? And I think that the fear of what if it doesn't work out? What if this isn't well received? Do I know what the hell I'm talking about? Like all of that is so real, no matter what space, because it's a part of the human journey. It's a part of you really getting to that point of figuring out, I guess, first who God's called you to be and then confidently walking in that. And that's you saying that you had to stop resisting your own story and like, and try new things yourself in your personal life before you can translate it to the characters. I had to do that same thing. Are you joking? Like the show, I power in pro speaking out. I don't want to do that. (laughs) And I'm not going to do that. Like that was really how I felt. And there are a lot of difficult conversations and different transitions that I've had to endure in the past two years that really, I have to walk it like I talk it, like for real, for real. And when I do that, you can tell, like I started to get in a groove of episodes just coming to me. Mm -hmm. And I was inspired by just me waking up on a Tuesday and be like, I got it. And it's from something that I did on Monday. It's just like (laughs) those steps a hundred percent can propel you. And so definitely. How was it, I guess, um, pushing past those moments as you're preparing to release Single Ladies Bucket List? You're continuing to make progress in your own journey. Were there people that you spoke with and they helped you, as you talked about, um, 
strengthening your relationship with God. So as you were doing that, did you find a new church home or was it just more quiet time in the mornings? I guess, how did practically that process kind of unravel as you were going through the process of writing the book? I think one of the, it it was one of the preliminary processes that it, it, it happened so long before I started writing the book that I didn't even think that it was a part of the process, but it was, um, I remember around the time when the inspiration, the title for the book came around that time, I was, I I was just in this space where I was flailing a lot emotionally. It was, there was a lot of isolation. There was a lot of, I don't like what I do, but I know I need to do it. Um, As far as my job, like I was working at this job and I was just feeling like I had moments at that same job where I would take a four day weekend each month and go somewhere, whether it was like a, a trip to New York with a couple people or to DC or just, I, I, I left because I'm like, if I'm here forever, and this was like, this was like my state of mind. Like if I have to work in a job like this forever, even if it's not here, mm-hmm. I'm going to make it count. Like, I'm not like, you don't get all of me. I give, mm-hmm. I'll give a hundred percent when I'm there, but you do not get all of me. That means I no, that. that means calling me in on my days off to deal with stress that could have been prevented. We're not doing that. I'm resting, I'm traveling and I'm living my best life. And then I got to a space where even like outside of actually leaving the state, I was, I had events, like I had art events because I, I was putting myself out there in the creative world at the same time. I was, you know, I had like body paint, um, body paint stuff going on, like live body paint for like the first time ever. Um, I had my paintings in galleries in Connecticut and stuff like that. And it was stuff that it, it you know, it, it connects to the literally whatever medium, like it doesn't matter, like whatever medium I'm going to do something. So I was literally all over the place and I started feeling so fulfilled as a human being because it wasn't just work. I had to, I, I got to balance out the work with something that felt more purposeful. And so when that started happening, I got, I became a little bit more bold with trying things. Um, it was around, like, it, it was after all of that, like the, the traveling and the, the, um, you know, like some somebody would ask me to feature in this local magazine or, or that thing or that panel or something like that. And that built up the affirmation that my art has my, my there, there's a space, there's a platform for my art, no matter what it is, because it was literally every single different thing that I did. There was something that I was being asked to participate in based on that. And so and this is this is coming from a person who like I was I was going back and forth with what I was doing in school it was I I want I want to do psychology because I you know I feel drawn to it but then that you know how reasonable is it for you know a little black girl to start her own practice so I scrapped that and then I started criminal justice and I'm just like I don't really want to do anything like this is stress like I don't really want to do this so at some point I stopped I stopped school and I said when I figure out what I want to do then I'll go back but in the meantime I'm going to work and I'm going to do art and that's what I did. And so for the art to develop the way it did, and it created space for me to do more art and to try new things. And I just, I locked in. And so after that point where the confidence began to build, like, okay, there's there's space. And the confidence was never like one and done. I would do, you know, I would do this thing and, you know, perform in this event, this open mic, or, you know, show my work at this gallery. And then the next thing I did, there was like a whole new layer of crippling fear that tried to stop me from doing the next thing. And so I did it. I did it. I pushed through in those times. And I know, like, despite how scarce my relationship was with God was at that time, I know that there was still there was still the grace, there was still the guidance, there was still like all the inspiration, all of that. Um, And I got to a place where I just, none of it meant anything. So I got to a place where it meant everything, where I I started putting stuff out because like, if I needed to feel loved, I would put out art because then the love would come in so it wasn't you know me looking for attention in you know the standard ways it was let me put something out so if it was it it could have been a a new poem like a, a video or a body paint um photo something it was just I need to feel love so let me put out some art and 
after a while, that started meaning nothing. And I, I believe that God allowed it to mean something because it pushed me in this direction. But then God also allowed it to mean nothing because I needed to, I needed to not stop there in my quest. So I kept searching and then I got to a place where I'm just like, I can do just about anything I want to do like from start to finish from, you know, I can be the writer, I can be the publisher, I can be, you know, every, everything in every part of this process, but it still feels like nothing. Why? And so I, 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 and I wasn't going to church at that point in time. Um, The church that I grew up in, it was, it was like, you know, how we, we kind of like backslide in a way. So it was just like the, at, at, the very first moment that I was able to not be forced to go, I stopped going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so for a long time, I wasn't like, I still believed in God and all of that good stuff, but I wasn't going to church at all. And then I got to a place where I'm just like, I need that Sunday morning feeling, <laughs> right? Because I, I, I need to, I need the guidance. I need something. I, I just know I needed something. So I started watching sermons on YouTube on Sundays. So I would carve out that time on Sunday mornings to watch a sermon on YouTube. And I would, you know, be back in that Sunday morning feeling where I I feel, I feel guided. I feel like seen by God and all of that. So I'm just like, cool. Then I got to a place where I would do that on Sunday. Then I would go to work on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and feel like I wanted to just put like send a wrecking ball through the building, like Mm -hmm. that level of angst, um, for the job, for, my role in the job for me not being able to see a way out of that job, all of it. So at some point I was just like, I need that Sunday morning feeling seven days a week. And so it, it hit me. I'm just like, why did I think that I could only watch these sermons <laughs> on Sunday and get that feeling? So I started to watch it during the week. I would wake up early before work. Um, I used to go into work at like 11 a.m. So I would have time in the morning. So I'd make breakfast and I'd sit and watch something or I would listen to a, a podcast, a sermon podcast on the way to work or something. So I started getting that feeling and it wasn't just the feeling. It was the information. It was the validation that uh, something I learned. Um, I, th- I believe it was Dr. Darius Daniels. He said uh, before Jesus started his ministry, that that moment where he got baptized and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm all pleased. That was God giving him the validation to start his ministry. It wasn't validation based on what he'd done. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it sent chills in my spine because I'm just like, imagine all of the validation that we work for, that we work so hard for the feeling that we get when we get it. Imagine having that, empower us to do this stuff rather than we you know striving for it and so it's it was it was that shift and I didn't realize that that's where I I I started a little bit you know when I started listening to sermons and I started feeling a little bit closer to God it was providing that it was providing some sense of peace in who I was and that I wasn't alone even before I fully locked into the concept. So that like that was that was that was the main part of the journey. Then I started associating my creativity with God because if God is the creator of the universe then I mean everything that I do is something that God's already done. So if I'm trying to figure out how to do it, who better to go to than the person that did it best? So right, right. it was it was that it was that reconnecting with God and 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 feeding myself spiritually all the things that like it, it before it was just it was the cliche thing it was the go to church on Sunday morning it was you know maybe Bible study on Wednesday it was it was a set time for God it was it was putting God in a container mm-hmm. when I unleashed God in the way that I communicated outside of the the Sunday morning Wednesday night timestamp when I released God when it wasn't just you know the the sermons it was also the music that I listened to the books that I read it began to just unfold um I began learning things in so many different ways and I didn't realize it at the time but that was that was it was like my spirit was hungry and so beginning to feed on, you know, the podcast, the the YouTube sermons, the music, the, you know, the books, I like I was, my, my spirit was becoming strong. Mm-hmm. 
And I didn't associate that with, you know, the shift in inspiration, the shift in, you know, my productivity. I, I didn't associate it with all of that before, but that's exactly what it was. So the the closer that I got to God, the like it was that that drawing near, that process is what allowed me to it it allowed me to lock into a specific process for my creativity where anytime I'm feeling doubt, I ask myself. It, like what's the message what is what is the reason what is the meaning of this because if it's frivolous then I can I can bank on it flopping in some way but if it's tied to some message that I know is rooted in you know the principles of God then I, I like there's going to be some form of success even if it's like one person's life that's oh changed then I, I know that and it, it's it that relationship with God redefined my idea of success so mm-hmm. that when it's, you know, the handful of people that read it and hear or, you know, experience it and their lives are changed, that's enough for me. That That's enough to know that all the effort that I put into it was worth it. And it doesn't mean that's the end of the impact. It just means that that, that was the reason why I had to do it. Yeah. I can relate <laughs> to that so much. I definitely can't just talk to God on Sunday, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I I think um, even physically in my house, I tried to put God in a certain space, and we only talked if I was in the shower. Yeah. Once I leave that shower, that's <laughs> it. So if it's a two-hour bath, got my Epsom salt, cool, you got me for two hours today. <laughs> if I'm running late and I got two seconds to get ready, you get two seconds of my time yeah. today. That's how I treated God. Um, once I started talking to him outside of Sunday, I was like, I'm giving you time. You, gotta make, you better make the use of this time. Like, I'm giving you what I have, like, you know. And um, that was really important to me. And then, of course, I started to span out outside of that. But it wasn't until I moved recently when I found out I still was kind of containing him a little bit. Yeah. I don't have a bathtub in my new apartment. I only have mm-hmm. a shower. And so those two hour moments never happening when I'm in the shower. It's just not a thing. Um, And so, yeah, it made me when I moved here, like I just, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't have gotten my apartment without God. So it's like, okay, if you know that, then what's up with like, let's move out of being a shower saint and start going to these other spaces. What does talking God in your bedroom look like? In your living room. I talk to God when I'm washing my dishes all the time. Like, you know, so I just think that, definitely spanned out and mind you I live alone now before I did it and so I I understand like all the different pieces of why that container might have been there but yeah yeah. yeah, I definitely um I had to evolve my relationship with him in that way and then be real about what I need like yeah you talking about going to work and being like F this on a Thursday and Sunday's not here yet Yeah. yeah I need a strategy for that. I need a plan because it's going to happen. I got irritated this past week so bad. Mm-hmm. And what was so great is before this week, I planned a um, prayer call and devotional with all the cool kids. Y'all already know the deal. If you're not signed up for the newsletter, click the link in the show notes and plug in. <laughs> but um, with my newsletter community, I have started this is the second month, April, um, where we have done that. And so I just picked a random week. My birthday is next week. So I was like, not my birthday week because I don't have to work next week, which is great. So I was like, I'm not, I don't know. I'm going to be praying. But I don't know if I'm praying at six in the morning. Like, I just don't know. So I was like, let's do a prayer call in the Devo the week before. So this was in February, March when I just picked a week. And I just did, I just knew the week I didn't want it to be. I didn't know what work was going to give me this week. I didn't know what challenges I was going to face mentally, like all of that stuff. And I, so I think that's what's so dope about God is when we just set out to do something, we're like, I mean, I guess I'll do this thing. I guess it'll be this week. I guess it'll be long. Like, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. And you look back and everything was intentional yeah. the whole time. Everything was walking along a path that was set before you the whole time. And you even having the willingness to meet him in that pleases him. I think that's why Jesus got the affirmation that he did before he did anything. It was just the willingness. It says that God examines the heart, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you have that intention, you have that mustard seed of what if I'm right? What if I do this? What if I'm called for real? That's all you need. And he's like, I 
she ready. Let's yeah. go. Like, yeah. you know, um, so I, I can totally relate to that feeling and then pushing past, right. The, our plan this week via the Bible app was literally called faith over fear mm-hmm. and talked about doubt every day and doubt shows up in so many different ways. Yeah. Doubt can be, let me post this poem real quick. Let me get some claps, some likes, some yeah. repost. Like it can be that because I don't know if I can make it if people aren't constantly seeing me show up in yep. this way. Um, yeah. Doubt can be you not showing up at all because, babe, I want the likes, I want the claps, and I don't think mm. y'all gonna get. So I'm not going to do that. I actually, like I said, my birthday's coming up, and I planned a dinner. Like you know, I'm planning some things, and then I felt doubt. What if nobody come? Like, you know, yeah. doubt can show up in just so many different ways, creative-wise, relationally. And I think some days pushing past it, there's a strategy we can formulate and there is a thing we can tap into. There's a prayer we can send up. Like, there's all of that. I think other times, they're just you just have to decide you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. It just has to be this... Um, peace that we are always afforded in Jesus, right? And this stillness that we're invited to sit in. And I think even with chaos, deciding mentally that you're going to accept that peace, accept that stillness, and that God will be pleased after you do it. And when you do that, then it's like, yeah, if it's only one person that reads this poem, then shout out to that one person. Like, you know what I mean? It's like your perspective completely shifts and what's dope is most of the time when you're in that space, there is more than one person. There's more than one podcast listen. There's more than one person who picks this thing up. Um, and so I think that's just, that's the beauty of it all. But yeah, it definitely takes a decision. And that decision, it might take you longer to make that decision each and every time that you go up to do something. And so I thank you for speaking to that yeah. and normalizing that a little bit because it is real (laughs) can confirm that that is a real thing definitely and as we talk about validation in this new space you did just complete a book signing you're doing events since we are a little bit off of lockdown and so as you're surrounded by community and speaking more off of social and things right how do you feel that that plays a part based on this new space that you're finding yourself in and this new definition of success? It's it's funny that you asked that right after, you you know, all that you said, because that definitely, the, the fear plays a massive role in that. It's, you know, okay, I'm going to schedule this event, but, you know, like, I don't want to, I don't want to spam people on social media, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to promote it too much. Mm-hmm. Or do I even put together this event because like if this was any other time people still might not come but it's COVID so people definitely ain't coming (laughs) like it's all of that and then you know pushing past that because you know you have you have a goal it's what you want so the way that I've had to think about it is you know my 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 ultimate goal my ultimate dream at some point in time for some project because you know it's kind of difficult because um you do all this stuff. So it's like, okay, this, the the dream for, you know, my poetry might look like, you know, being, being invited to perform outside of the country or in other mm-hmm. states. Right. And then my dream for being an author might look like having representation and, you know, having speaking engagements and book signings in different spaces. So how do like, how do they fit? Because I also, you know, produce content. I'm I'm shooting a film right now. So like, you know, <laughs> am I on set? Yeah. I, you know, so it's, it's it's like, you know, there's no one complete vision of what my life could or would look like because I do so many different things. So it's 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 just like am I wasting my time doing this because this is where I would like the real success? And then also figuring out what success looks like. And so there's always that fear factor that plays a massive role in deciding to do stuff. But at the end of the day, the engagement that I want, like, I had to think about it. So the the, the event that I did the other day, I, I like, I don't have like a count on hand, but it was like a handful of people that showed up. There was like another handful of people that said they were showing up, but, the, you know, obviously, you know, stuff happens. So it's not like, mm-hmm. oh, why didn't you show up? But it was, it was in that moment I had to, 
decide, am I going to be disappointed that more people didn't show up or am I going to be grateful for the people that drove an hour from Bridgeport or from New Haven to be there? People Mm -hmm. that locked in, people that wanted to read, people that wanted to engage with the conversation. And it's not to say the other people that didn't come didn't, you know, there's a million different reasons. Things might have, it could have been emergencies. So it's also if a hundred people showed up or let's be realistic, if 50 people showed up to this event, what would that feel like? And when I thought about that, I was like, I, I got anxious just thinking about it. Like, and it's it's not that there would be a fear to like do the same thing that I did in front of so many people. It's the overwhelming nature of, you know, even just a handful of people like talking to each of them after the event was over and like thanking them for coming out. Like that was a lot for mm-hmm. the handful. So if there were more, how would that feel? I would be drained. And it's not to say that I wouldn't, you know, do what I needed to do to work up the energy to accommodate who, you know, however many came if there were more, but it's, it's almost like we set standards without thinking about what it would mean. And Mm -hmm. I was reminded today that God gives us what we're ready for. Like financially in any capacity, God gives us what we're ready for. So if we want more, we have to prepare for more. Mm -hmm. I did Mm -hmm. not prepare for more. I was, <laughs> so I only had a handful of books for me, for people that wanted it. I was not prepared for any more than the, the amount that showed up. And I, I was, it's just a reminder that some, it's, it's okay to start small. It's okay to have, you know, the intimate settings are okay. Um, sometimes it's what you need, but you're, you're, you, you lock into the idea that success is numbers. And even when you know better, you allow that to dictate how you feel about, you know, what happened. Mm -hmm. So I had to push past that mentally. And when I did, like, we locked into an amazing conversation. Like, it was, like, if I was prepared for what I got, I would have had it set up so everybody was, you know, everybody could be caught on camera. Everybody can talk. You know, I would have been prepared for that. But I wasn't because I'm thinking, OK, let me just let me just do it and get it over with. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> especially when you have a certain amount of things that you're doing at the same time, it's just like, OK, after this, I can breathe. So let me just get through. Yep. Yep. And so that's what it was, especially because we did a, a poetry production on the on Thursday night um, where I produced hosted and performed and so after that i was just like yeah what she's doing like it's like the book this event producing the film it's just like i can't with you but i do what i love and you were you actually spoke about there's not one vision there's not one thing but i think it is like i mentioned it in your bio leave nothing undone and that's what you're doing like that is the vision and that's what's spinning out on everything and lately when people mention like oh I want to do all of these things and they don't seem like they mesh together or like I just need to find my niche like that's you know that's taking over the streets is yeah. having a niche right? I think about listen <laughs> I think about people who are successful and don't fit that yeah. and they're not smart per se because everybody's path is different but I think a person who we don't think about as relating in that way, I don't know her personally, but Issa Rae, have y'all checked the resume? Yeah. Like, have y'all gotten to it? Her, she has her show, her rap show. Then she has Insecure, which we all know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a YouTube show before HBO. Yeah. She has a record label, a coffee shop. Oh, wow. And then- <laughs> Yeah, she has a coffee shop, a hilltop coffee, I believe. Any philanthropic things that she does in LA, like you know what I'm saying, yeah, and just kind of stands beyond. She has a master class, I'm pretty sure, and so master class is tapping into a teaching bag. That's not you just doing the thing, but yeah. you have to give me tips and tricks on how to do it. Then she's a writer slash producer and actress. Those are different pieces of her brain, which within the film industry. Wow. And you have your record label. You are now, you know what I'm saying? You're advocating for somebody else's voice, somebody else's creativity. Yeah. It's not about your words anymore. It's what they want to communicate with the, the producers of the song, what to communicate and what the beat means. And like, you know what I mean? The order and the flow of this CD, like all of that. And so whenever I think this doesn't make sense or what's the glue between this, I try to tell myself, girl, the glue is you. Yeah. Like that's it. 
You are the glue. Put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. You're the one that holds it all together. And one day, I, this is like, I don't know, it was a while ago, but I've been holding on to it for a minute. Um, I asked God, like, why me? This Power Power Pro thing sounds really good, but I know there's mm-hmm. somebody with either another resource, somebody that's less scary, somebody that, um, I don't know, is more consistent, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, there's somebody who their family has more money and they would invest into it. If you really want this to be bigger, somebody is more available to mm-hmm. do that right now than me. Like, I thought about all of these things and then I got quiet because I was like, God, I'm for real. Like, you need to answer me right now like I was very like <laughs> I don't know and you owe me an answer if you're telling me to do this you deserve I I deserve to know why and he told me because you'll listen to me mm. and I that's I'm about to tear up. I was like wow that's, that's, that's not small to God you know what I'm saying it's like I got the vision and I actually know how I want it to play out. What I don't have always available to me, even with people with money, people that have more resources, people that have a bigger network, people that are more consistent and more disciplined, they don't have an ear for me. They don't want to, they don't want me involved. So I can't use them in the same way. And ever since I heard that, when I feel insecure, when I feel very, very small, when I don't know what's the next step, I remember that I'm chosen for what I'm doing yep. because I'm willing to go to God about it. Yep. And that's that's a big difference. Like that's everything. That, that's the only um, thing that matters. Because if we if we're empowered by God to do what we do, if he chose us, nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. nothing no limitation matters and i just recently listened to um stephen furtick's audiobook called um well it's a book but i listened to the audio version um it's called um unqualified and i don't know why like I- i'm not even big on audiobooks I-, I prefer to read but something drew me to this and it was at a time where i was feeling you know i, w- I was feeling stuff like you know there was a lot coming up and i just so I started listening to it and he's talking about how, you know, just the thing we all heard before, like God, you know, God calls the, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call and all of that. But it was the stories that he was telling around it. And I'm just like, if this man that I like as a preacher, like I watch how he functions and he is very open and he is very honest, even, you know, to his detriment sometimes because of the way people talk about him. <laughs> like, Every time he opens his mouth, I see myself in something he says. So to mm-hmm. hear him talk about how he felt uncle, like, and it was his, mostly his sermons that brought me back to the space to seeking God. So for him to talk about being unqualified, I'm like, well, if you unqualified, then sums up because this is what brought me back. This is what me, it made me feel like, you know, like godliness and righteousness and spirituality was accessible. It wasn't mm-hmm. the the religious stuff that I grew up learning about. It was it was just relationship with God. So if if you are unqualified, then I mean, sign me up. Like I mean, I'm in good like for the stuff that I do that I feel unqualified for. That means I'm in good company because it's 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 about having the heart that's willing, and also you know, the people who are coming up in any capacity who see us. This is why we tell these stories. This is why we have these conversations because they need to know just how unqualified we are to do the things that we, that we've done, that we do, because then that gives them courage to say, okay, I feel just as unprepared for the thing that I feel God calling me to do as this person that I respect. So it must mean that there's hope. Yeah. So, yeah. And there is. There is so much hope. I think God, because he doesn't make mistakes, and I've talked about it on the show, I believe something that I've been challenged with lately is we have to believe what God says about God. Mm-hmm. And we believe that it gets easier to believe what he says about us. I think because we know us, yeah. we're like, I'm good. I don't know about that. Like, you know what I mean? Or I'm per- I'm, wa- I'm beautifully, wonderfully made. Bliss. Yeah. Like, it's easier for that self-critic to come out. Yeah. But if we believe that what God says about God is true, it's yeah. real, then everything else, there's truth to it. There's realness to it. There's a rawness. There's yeah. an authenticity. Um, and it just starts to span out and flow in a way that's undeniable. And yeah. so 
that's where I'm trying to put more of my focus. Because mm-hmm. then by the time I get to me, I'm like, I actually am ready. I actually am prepared. As mm-hmm. unprepared as I am, as unready as I am, I'm ready. Because and that, that is such a with God. God. Exactly. If, if we're made in his image, then and we believe what God says about God, that means that we got to believe what God says about us because we exactly. are married. And something that I heard is that that the the reason why that relationship with God is so necessary is because it it takes time to learn who God is. And as as that as the identity of God begins to unfold slowly but surely, our identity unfolds for us too. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. it's not just it's not like a rundown. It's not my name is this and I was born this day and this is it's not that it's it's learning in real time who we are what we're capable of because yeah. it, that is tied to God and it becomes real for us as we're learning it in real time and it's 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 easier to believe that way and also it's it becomes so embedded that when the doubts come like yeah it might it might shake us for a second but we are we're more sturdy in it than we were before and so it 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 becomes water off your back you're building up the a a stronghold in your mind that's that's Mm -hmm. based on faith and the the knowledge of god so anything that comes against that it, it can't withstand it because this thing this this belief this faith is stronger than everything that comes against it and that's why that that quality time is so important it is key to everything everything that we do everything that we've done everything that we are Mm -hmm. but really to propel us forward in a way that's stronger than we've experienced that's more sure more confident that has deeper impact that is richly rooted it is the driving force to everything definitely so as you are preparing for all the things okay we didn't (laughs) do this film all the way um What's next for you? What are you believing for in this new season of your life? What are you prepping for next? I'm actually pivoting. Um, so once the film is done, I like obviously like the work that I do for my job, it's like it's steeped in creativity too. So um aside from that, I I plan on resting and mm-hmm. and and focusing on my personal uh something uh like I, I took this everyday seminary course um through dr darius daniels and his church and um one of the things that it emphasized was the life pie there's different slices of the life pie there's you know your your passion there's your job there's your family there's your friends stuff like that and you gotta balance it so this this portion of my life I'm, I'm focusing on building out my relationships with my friends like spending more time with my friends and family my god kids all of that and building up my personal life like pinpointing my personal goals that it's not necessarily like you know projects and creativity um stuff like that so um i'm, I'm looking for, i'm actually looking forward to it because i know there was a point in time where i felt like i needed to do all of it at once and that was impossible. But I, the the main thing that felt it felt it felt more important for me to lock into the creativity first, because that was that was what my identity was tied to for a long time. It's these projects. It's getting this. It's productivity over overall. Mm-hmm. And so I think God allowed that to show me that yeah, you can get it done. But you're bigger than that. You're greater than that. Like you could do nothing for the rest of your life, and you're still worthy. So do all the things, but learn yourself at the same time. So you know that outside of that, you still are because I still am. And so mm-hmm. learning that, I feel, you know, getting the projects done, but learning that at the same time, now I feel confident stepping away from the creating and the, you know, toiling and the, you know, the hyper productivity to focus on my relationships with my friends and family and making personal goals and, you know, achieving personal goals. And I feel a lot more grace for that process because I got to a space where I'm just like, okay, I, I, I did the, I did the work and now I can, I can put the work down for a moment, let God do what God's going to do with that work and then focus on something else. So basically rounding out my life. <laughs> I love that though. I definitely think it is tough as women especially to 
remember that we don't have to do it all and we don't have to do it all right now. That is something that is very easily said, but in practice, it's tough, right? Because we have internal goals. We got people that we admire that it seems like they're doing it all. So why not me? There are things that we started and stopped. So now that we're serious this time, we can never give ourselves rest. It's like, I have to see this project all the way through. There's just so many things and rest is available to us. It is a practice that those who are successful know how to use well. Resting is necessary for us mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally. Yeah. It's it's just it has so many benefits, and so I'm trying to do the same thing. That's why I'm off this week, okay? Because I'm like, <laughs> I, need, I need time. I need time to catch up to myself. I need time yes. to just daydream and think forward and not feel like I'm losing time because I'm daydreaming and not working on the thing that's in front of me right now. I need Definitely. time to fill out applications for things that I want to apply for with the business and the brand. Like there's, I want to hang out with people and I want to get a massage. Okay. I need time for (laughs) all the things. And so, yes, rest is key. And I'm so happy that you're focusing on that and your relationships with others in this time, because being intentional about that, um, people notice it when you're intentional about spending time with them, you're intentional about seeing what's going on in their lives and really being there with them in that moment, it, they can feel it. And then you feel that they feel it. And it's just yeah. a, a beautiful <laughs> thing. So I love that you're taking the time to do that. Definitely. As we wrap, I, if there's one thing, a power tool, if you will, that all of the cool kids can embody as they're embarking on this next phase in their life, what would your biggest piece of advice be? As we were talking about rest, I re- remember like the process where like it, it hit me. I think it was like 2020, it hit me like, you need to learn how to rest. And I'm just like, I sleep, I take a lot of naps. So where is this coming from? And um, it was it was the the realization that rest isn't specifically sleeping. Um, it's not even specifically sitting down and not doing anything. Um, there's an element of rest that took me a while to get to. Um, I, I started researching Sabbath, like what is the Sabbath, right? What is Sabbath rest? And it took me on this journey where I was like reading the Old Testament and I was just like, okay, so I'm, I'm going to pick a day of the week and I'm going to do nothing. And I thought I nailed it, right? <laughs> I thought I nailed it. And then as I continued, I realized I had a conversation with my dad and he brought me to, I, I forgot what the scripture was specifically, but it was in Hebrews. And it's basically talking about what Sabbath rest is in the new covenant. So the old covenant, they had a day where, you know, God worked six days and rested on the seventh. And it was an example. But with the new covenant, there's this new idea of rest where, and and it it was something that I, I heard a long time ago. I think it was like 2017 when I was started listening to Joyce Meyer again, she said, everything that you can do can be done from a place of rest. And I was just like, what? (laughs) Like, yeah. And so I started exploring that concept. And so I I prayed about it because I had no idea how that looked or how it felt. So I started praying on it. And it's the idea that God got you. It's trusting that in all the work that you do, that you're not, you're not, you're not writing this book. You're not, you're not writing this poem. You're not doing this podcast in your own strength. It's, Mm -hmm. this is, this is divine. This is God ordained and every, every, every speck of energy that I put into this, it's, it's, it's being fueled by God. So I'm not putting that kind of energy into it. Like, Oh, if this doesn't do good, then I'm going to be, it's, it's resting in the promises and the faithfulness of God in everything you do. And that when you, when you, you, you have to learn that in order to believe it. And then you have to believe that in order to practice it and you have to practice it so that it becomes this internal knowing because you're, you're living it now. And, and so you know that I, I, I feel this, I feel prompted, I feel, you know, inspired to do this new thing, to take on this new undertaking and it feels weighted, but I'm not doing it in my own strength. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you had to move, if you had to move like a house full of heavy furniture, you kind of feel like, like (laughs) there's never a right time for this, right? If you had 50 of the strongest men in the world at your disposal and somebody said, move every piece of furniture in this house, 
you wouldn't feel you, like it wouldn't feel like such a task anymore, right? Because you know you don't have to lift a finger. It's that. It's knowing that the blessings, it's knowing that the success, it's knowing that God is only asking us to move. It's God isn't saying we have to be in charge of the outcome for our obedience. We're just charged with being obedient and doing the thing. And then the result, that's left to God. And so if I can leave any any thought any 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 actionable thing it's to pray on because it's not easy even in knowing that it's not easy to do so i would i would suggest pray on it god show me how to rest in your promise and if you don't know what the promise is ask read read up on it like every promise that he gave to the the old testament characters it's ours the peace the rest the prosperity those are all our promises so ask how do I rest in your faithfulness? How do I rest in your promise? How do I work and live and be from this space of rest? Come on, y'all. Did y'all hear that? <laughs> like, get into it. And I love how we can do everything from a place of rest. That's something that we don't uh, think about. I'll definitely think about quiet time, some meditation, some yoga maybe where I'm moving, but not too much. Like that is what I think about rest. And I am a devoted member of NAP Ministries. Like I love a nap. So um, thinking about I can rest even when I'm working. I can rest even when I'm interviewing for a podcast that there's peace available to me that I can walk into a new promise even though I have to I might have to move a little bit to get there Mm -hmm. and that that can be done from a place of rest it is a mindset shift that has to take place for for me to get there but it's possible so I thank you for sharing that it's it's just really really important and as 20 somethings 30 somethings it's not something we readily think about right these are quote unquote the good years these are the years when it sets up everything else how you use this time is so important and so i think that people say so that i rest when i'm dead or i can't rest Mm -hmm. right now like that's the culture and so us being a part of kingdom over culture which is something that dr darius daniel says all the time Mm -hmm. then it's like our source has to be different. And that source isn't just different, like you were saying, on Sundays, on Wednesday Bible yeah. study, listening to Power and Pros, reading our, our devotional plan. It's at every point. And that's yeah. what makes the difference. My pastor at Epiphany Church in Brooklyn says, like, your he, your difference makes the difference. Mm. Like, that, that is the thing. And so us being able to work from a place of rest, work from a place of promise, work from a place of prosperity is ours. That's what makes the difference in us actually getting it. Yeah. Because we believe it first and and we don't overwork ourselves in the process and that's something we have to build from now too it's not just building work ethic it's building Mm -hmm. our our faith where we know we can rest and that's amazing practice to start now so when you get into your 40s and 50s and 60s it's embedded and then you begin to teach that to the younger generation you have dropped so many gems, so many things that are just relatable um, as a fellow artist, as a person who just feels like I've been charged to do something, yeah. yet I, everything in me is like, what am I doing? Yeah. Am I doing it right? Am I doing it? Am I supposed to be doing this right now? Mm-hmm. And so I, I truly am appreciative for everything that you've said, all of this moment. And I'm sure the cool kids are as well. So if anybody wants to keep up with you, your various projects that you're working <laughs> on, how can we find you? Well, every everything at Kimberly Aaron, like literally everything. And I think that's the simplest way. It's www.kimberlyaaron.com at Kimberly Aaron on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, <laughs> and then everything else like the the uh, film Instagram is connected to mine. So if you find mine, you find everything else. Um, everything's connected. So yep, Kimberly Aaron. Synergy. Three okay. E's. <laughs> <laughs> so everything will be linked in the show notes. Be sure that you stay up with all of my girls' teens and you can get your own copy of the Single Ladies Bucket List. I'm telling y'all, it is good. And mm-hmm. just take time, visit her Instagram page, visit her website. I really think that highlighting voices, women of color, women who are of faith, women who are taking a step out, even when they don't know how it's going to pan out, what they're doing. It's important as you, like if you're listening and you're 
relating to that in some way. You're stepping out in your own way. Finding other people who are doing that same thing, it is an act of you telling yourself that you too can do it. It's the act of getting ideas on how you can achieve your thing from somebody else doing their thing. Maybe poetry, a film, writing a book, that ain't your thing. But whatever your thing is, I know for sure that Kimberly said something during this episode that directly relates. You know a friend that could benefit. And so be sure that you dial in to those influences because they truly help you to change your perspective and the narrative that we tell ourselves. Because y'all know we be telling ourselves that's wrong, right? And so when we find things that are a bit more related, a bit more in line with what God is calling us to do, tap into it. Don't let it just be a moment that happens, but really carry it with you throughout all the things that you do. So again, Kimberly, thank you so much for joining the Cool Kids Power in Pros. Y'all be sure again that you click the link in the show notes to stay up to date with all the things that she's up to. And I mentioned the Bible plan and prayer calls earlier in the episode. So I wanted to replug that. If you have not signed up for the Pros and Praise Pages newsletter, be sure that you do so. That is just another way outside of the episodes that I keep up and check in with all the cool kids. You get different pieces of film that I'm watching. Sometimes I share songs that I'm listening to, poems, and there's a writing prompts in the Bible plan roundups that I do on the Version Bible app. I try to link those out for you guys. And just inspiration. The newsletter is sent bi-weekly, so I ain't spamming you, but be sure that you check in outside of the episodes. I love chatting with y'all. I'm on the other side of the emails, okay? So if you're ever feeling something, you want to hit your girl back, I am here for you. Again, every month we will be doing Bible reading plans via the YouVersion Bible app and monthly prayer calls via Zoom. Just a little something for your mornings to get you rooted and booted and ready for your day. So we'll be hitting that up again in May. Be sure that you remember to profess your power and there's power in pros. Bye.